0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lessons, the Beatitudes that Jesus spoke to his disciples. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Tonight's a good night for us to ask that question. It's Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. We're challenged with what it means to be a Christian. How are we to live out our life, and do we live out our life as Christians? People have lots of answers for that question. Even non-Christians think they know what a Christian is supposed to be. So that doesn't sound very Christian when we do things at times. But obviously, who do we go to for that answer? Who do we listen to to know what it means to be a Christian? Is it not to Christ himself? And our Lord answers that question in the Beatitudes. When we look at the Beatitudes, what we have here is a description of the Christian life. And tonight, as we begin our Lenten journey, we're going to look at that description. A night in which we are to examine our lives and our hearts is a night to examine, do we fulfill what our Lord describes? But even as we do that, we're also going to see how these Beatitudes ultimately describe Christ himself. But again, when we come to the text, you'll notice that it starts out, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Notice the audience here. Matthew is very clear. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his followers, and not just the twelve, but a whole crowd of people who are following him. And he begins the Sermon on the Mount with these wonderful beatitudes that really describe the Christian life. We see that especially in verses 6 to 9. When he talks about what a Christian life should be like. When he talks about, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is what a child of God should do. It should be hungry, desire, thirst for, for, for righteousness, the righteousness of God. Blessed are the merciful. We know that we are to be merciful. God has been merciful to us. Are we not to live out a life of mercy to others? Blessed are the pure in heart. Are not our thoughts, our words, and our deeds to be pure? Very clearly, this is a description of what we are supposed to do and what we are supposed to be. What I find interesting is, if you look at the first Beatitudes, verses 3 to 5, these are really a description of what we are, but not always what we want to see. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We are definitely poor in spirit. By nature, sinful and unclean. By nature, dead in our trespasses and sin. We can't get any poorer. We are indeed poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. We are truly meek. We cannot fix things. We cannot fix ourselves. We cannot make things right. Blessed are those who mourn, and we are called to mourn. But we are called to mourn over our sin. So as you've heard these beatitudes, is that you? Is that a description of your life? Do you hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God? Or maybe you better ask it this way. What is it that you hunger and thirst after? What do you seek? What do you want? What do you desire? What are you directed toward in your life? Is it always the things of God? Or is it the things of this world? Are you merciful? Or do you sometimes want vengeance? Or at least satisfaction? Are you merciful? Or or do you want people to, to receive the judgment and their due rewards for the actions that they have done? How about pure? How pure is your heart? If you were to think about the things that roll off the tongue, are your words pure? Or Is your mind pure in its thoughts? What about those things you don't even want to share with others what you have thought? And then the other beatitudes: Do you like the idea that you are meek? Are you willing to admit that you are meek? We like to think that we're strong. I can do it myself. I don't need any help. I mean, how many times have we heard a toddler say that? I can do it. Do you grow out of that? Are, Are you looking for help? Are you looking to rely upon the Lord? Are you looking to rely upon your strength and your ability? Do you mourn? Or maybe better, what do you mourn over? Tonight on Ash Wednesday, we are reminded of our sin And we're actually called, when we think about sackcloth and ashes, these are signs of mourning and grieving over sin. Is your heart broken over your sin? Do you grieve the fact that you sin? Or do you simply ignore it, pass over it, try to forget it, overlook it? As we go through these Beatitudes, as we sit here on Ash Wednesday, we have to admit, we're not the Christian we're supposed to be. Who among us could say that we fulfill all these things? But isn't that why we're here? We're here because we're not what we are supposed to be. We're here to confess our sins, to acknowledge our sin, and to rely upon our Lord's wonderful, magnificent grace, which he offers to us. Because as we heard from Joel, he abounds in love and mercy. And he does... And he gives us that grace because our Lord lived out the beatitudes. These things fit the life of our Lord. Think about blessed are the merciful. Is there anyone more merciful than our Lord? Think about his ministry, the, the miracles that he did to the sick and to the needy, the helpless. Think of the kindness that he showed to the tax collector, the prostitute, the sinner. He showed mercy. He showed grace. He was pure and hard. He was without sin. Paul reminds us of that. The one who knew no sin. He was pure in his thoughts, his words, and his actions. He was the ultimate peacemaker. His sacrifice, his death, his resurrection brought peace between man and God. And because we have peace between man and God, he has brought peace between man to man. And what's also interesting, as you look at those ones in verses 3 to 5, these are things that he took upon himself. The Lord wasn't poor in spirit and yet he took it upon himself to take our sins upon himself to pay the price that we deserve for our sins. He mourned over sin. Not his own sin, but over our sin. Not that he mourned over it. He did something about it. He overcame it through the grave and in the resurrection. He overcame sin. And boy, he became meek. He gave up the power, the glory, the honor of of the one true God taking on human flesh. And then he gave up absolutely everything on the cross, even his life, so that he could rise from the dead. When we look at the Beatitudes, this is a description of who Christ is and what he became so that we might be saved. And as he did this, as we sit here tonight, he not only did this to forgive you, but to shape you. To shape you into these beatitudes. He brings us to realize who we are. He brings us to realize that we are indeed poor in spirit. And as we confess that, we do possess the kingdom of heaven. He's earned it for us. It is his gift to us. In our mourning over sin, we are comforted because our Lord has taken grief and sin to the grave and rose for it. He has conquered it. So he and he alone can bring us comfort. And as we recognize our meekness, as we humble ourselves before our Lord, we do inherit the earth. We inherit all that Christ won. We are heirs of his kingdom. All that he earned is ours as well. And in so doing, he creates a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Isn't that why you're here tonight? It's a hunger and thirst for his righteousness, for his grace. And you will be satisfied. You've already been announced the forgiveness that that he has done for you. You're going to come to his table and receive his body and blood and all the benefits of his forgiveness, life, and salvation. In, In your hunger and thirst for righteousness, in your hunger and thirst for Christ, he satisfies it. And he gives you mercy so that you can show mercy. He shares it with you that you share it with one another. HE MAKES HIMSELF KNOWN TO PURIFY YOUR HEART. IN THE FORGIVENESS YOU RECEIVE, YOUR HEART IS MADE PURE. YOUR SIN IS FORGIVEN, IT'S WIPED CLEAN. YOUR GUILT AND YOUR SHAME HAS BEEN REMOVED. YOU HAVE BEEN MADE A CHILD OF GOD. YOU HAVE BEEN BROUGHT AT PEACE WITH THE LORD. A PEACE THAT YOU CAN SHARE. A PEACE THAT YOU SHARE WITH YOUR FAMILY, WITH YOUR FRIENDS, WITH YOUR NEIGHBORS, WITH YOUR CLASSMATES a peace that is yours through Christ and a peace that you offer to others. Again, as we think about Ash Wednesday, it's a day to acknowledge that we are not what we should be. That's what those crosses on your forehead acknowledge, right? It's a reminder that of what you deserve because of your sinfulness. Lent is a time of penitence in which we examine our sinfulness. But this is a day and a season to be reminded that the Lord is at work in you. The Lord is at work in you, shaping you. He has not returned you to the dust you reserve. He has brought to you forgiveness, and he remakes your heart, filling it with his love, with his peace, and even with his joy. And as we journey through these 40 days, we will see that the Lord is at work. Through his word, he will forgive you, he will reshape you, he will love you, he will fill your heart with his love, his peace, and his joy. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith to life everlasting. Amen.